Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. Welcome to Illuminati Podcast. I'm Charlotte. I'm Emily. And I'm Sarah. We are three young researchers that want to highlight the importance of women in agriculture who are part of the STEM community. We're so proud to be a part of this and we want to share with you the real life of some extraordinary women making a difference in their field. Let's break the stereotypes and show what we really are. Are you ready to be inspired? Cameron grew up on a beetle cattle property. She has been involved in the beef cattle feedlot industry, the cotton industry and now the grains industry. But aviation is her business these days. As the founder of Fly the Farm, an agriculture-oriented drone sales and consultancy company, she merged her decades of expertise in agriculture with a newfound passion for unmanned aviation. She established Fly the Farm to enable Australian farmers and agribusiness professionals to access the right drone solution for their needs. She is passionate about Australian agriculture and continues to work with several grain industry organizations alongside running Fly the Farm. Following a successful 18 months at the helm of Flying Egg Australia, Meg decided it was time to branch out on her own in order to provide drones and systems that focus on the needs of the Australian agriculture industry. She says the value of drones is how they can give farmers a literal new perspective on their farm and business. Are you ready to be inspired? How are you? I'm well, thank you. Sorry nice about to that. Nice to meet you. No yeah, worries. Nice to you as well. Yeah, technical. The joys of living in the country. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. I was just looking at your profile and everything, and I found this very interesting that you you build your own business about drones. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to start. So we start all the time our interview with personal questions. So I'm going to start with, if you could you please give us a, a quick biography? So where are you from and your childhood and life path? Yep. Yeah, so, um, yeah, my name is Meg Cumro. Uh, I grew up on a cattle property in the central Burnet in Queensland. Uh, and so, yeah, my formative years were spent on a horse, I guess, with my dad chasing cattle. Um, and, yeah, after that, I, I went to a boarding school, which was really good because I'm an only child and it gave me that ability to, I guess, you know, to get out of my comfort zone and, um, you know, go and do things. Otherwise, I probably would have never left home. I'm a bit of a homebody. So, and after that, I went to, I attended Dolby Agricultural College, uh, where I, yeah, I studied uh, rural business administration through there with, obviously, with a focus on agriculture. Uh, Following that, uh, while I was there, I did meet 
my future husband. Uh, his family were cotton and grain farmers from the Darling Downs. So following that, had a stint in the cotton industry in various, you know, doing different things. I've also worked in the feedlot industry uh, for a large pastoral company. And these days I work both in the grains industry and in the drones industry. So how that all came about was after the 2016, well, in the lead up to the 2016 Summer Grains Conference, really, drones were starting to become a bit of a hot topic in agriculture. And we couldn't get anyone to bring drones along, you know, any retailers to come along and sell drones at the conference, which was just insane. Um, and the Grains Research Foundation that I work for brought over a fellow by the name of Chad Colby to the conference to talk about drones. I mean, he gave one of the major sessions at that conference and I think I said in frustration to him, well, this is ridiculous. Maybe I should go into selling drones. He's like, yes, you should. Uh, so he helped me get set up. And that's how it all, it all started from the Australian Summer Grains Conference back in 2016. So it's been nearly five years this year that I um, stepped into drones. And before that, you know, I, I've always had a, lo a love of technology, but I knew that my path was agriculture. I've wor I worked two or three months in the construction industry and hated every single second of it second of it couldn't wait to get back into into agriculture so yeah this these drones are a real combination of my two loves of technology and, and agriculture but when you decide that when was the moment that you decided that you wanted to to do it as a career and as your lifestyle like forever yeah well I guess my husband's family um his parents sold the farm back in 2013 so you know we always probably thought that we were going to be farmers for the rest of our lives and we then had to go out and look for other opportunities. So I guess that was kind of the catalyst for us looking elsewhere. He went off and worked in the aerial spraying industry for five years, thankfully not flying a plane, uh, but, you know, doing ground operations. And that's when I first started my step into the grains industry. And it was, yeah, it was from there that, it, that that was really the catalyst for us starting and looking for other, other opportunities. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So when you were a kid, did you have any dreams? So like your dreams were since you were a kid to become a farmer or related to do something related to farming or you had other, I read you are very, like you like photography as well. Yeah, I always love photography, but I'm not one of those. Like, and I really envy those people who do have that really strong sense of this is what I want to be when I grow up because I never had that. I never knew what I wanted to do. I knew what I didn't want to do. <laughs> I knew I didn't want to be a nurse or anything like that, you know. Um, but as for doing, you know, it probably wasn't until, I don't know, until I got into my late teens that I knew that agriculture was where I wanted to be. But even then, I didn't have a really strong sense of, you know, of where I wanted to be. But And it really wasn't until I got into the drones that I'm like, wow, you know, this is, I really, really enjoy what I'm doing and it's not that I haven't enjoyed everything that I've done in the past but yeah it was just you know I, I think I finally found the thing that I want to work on so. yeah and it also like I guess combines photography and technology yeah. we're seeing and agriculture all together so like you know sort of combines all your passion in one so I think it's pretty cool and I never like thought about this like about drones that could be more than a drone yeah anyway yeah it's amazing what you can do with them. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're using them for our field trial. So that's amazing for measuring UAV and all the canopy traits. That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, 
did you have any role model growing or do you have also today role models? Uh, not that I can think of when I was younger, uh, but certainly nowadays, you know, there are a lot of amazing men and women out there doing great things. Um, I guess the people that come to top of mind are Georgie Somerset and the work that she does in advocacy for agriculture. Uh, Joe Edie. Uh, Joe Edie runs a lot of mentoring programs for different industry organisations and she's, she's an amazing lady. So I really look to those ladies and, and think, you know, what they're doing and how they relate and respond to people and I guess how they portray Agriculture to the wider community is really great. Can you give us a bit an example about what they're doing, what inspiring you? Um, well, what sort I guess, of level? Yeah, well, um, Georgie Somerset is. I mean, uh, they're graziers in in the Burnett region again, and she's uh, chair of Ag Force, I think it is. But she's also involved in some really high level um, federal. Uh, committees and things like that so yeah she's you know what she does is just yeah amazing and you know she I guess through COVID you know she did it all from her back friend or at, at home on the farm like it's just yeah she's she's an amazing lady thank you so much thank you very much for sharing this and right. so now we're gonna go back to the drones yeah. So, <laughs> because we like drones, so <laughs> and it's all about drones today. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you said previously you founded because you're you founded Fly the Farm, and you literally when you went to this conference and you literally found that there was a gap, so you decided to find like found this Fly the Farm. Could you please like give us why did you you decide to to start in this particular moment of your life and how, how you did this? Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, um, after, you know, during the 2016 Australian Summer Grains Conference, really noticed at that, A, there was a lack of interest from general retailers of drones to come in to agriculture. And then there were a few people out there, serve, it's a few, sorry, retailers out there servicing the agricultural industry, but they didn't have that ag background. You know, they couldn't really talk farmer talk I guess and they probably didn't really understand farming or or agriculture so really saw that it you know there was an opportunity with sorry for someone with that knowledge to come in and I guess be an intermediary between farmers and the drones that they're looking to buy as well as the drone industry so that's um yeah, so I just saw that there was a bit of a gap there in the market for someone who could go out there and do that. And what has been the challenge of founding this company? Um, to be honest, it's probably me and confidence. So, yeah, it, it's something that I, I struggle with, you know, and I don't know if it's a female thing or, you know, maybe it's just me, but, you know, you're always second-guessing what you do. So... <laughs> It's a, you know, I've really learned that you've got to just be confident in make a decision, be confident, and it'll turn out. It'll be fine in the end. So, it's a, I guess it's a bit scary when starting a new business, all sorts of doubts on what could eventually happen. I think it's yeah. scary. <laughs> but if you believe and you and you trust on yourself, I mean, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, how have you 
the uptake of this technology among the farmers? How, how has it been doing so far? And how do you see it going in the future? Yeah, look, I find, you know, with any technology, uptake in agriculture is a little bit slow. And it's not that farmers are scared of it or anything like that, but you know, they have to see that there's going to be some kind of positive outcome. So whether that's a productivity outcome, so saving them time, increasing safety on farm, can it provide a profitable outcome? So is it going to save them money by identifying areas where, say, you know, they might not have to put on as much fertiliser onto a paddock or something like that. But I'm finding increasingly, you know, sustainability. So not, you know, I guess business, you know, and it kind of all, they all kind of work in together, you know, those three things, um, you know, business sustainability, you know, and as well as environmental sustainability. I think that your farmers probably don't like to admit that they're, you know, or they, you know, it's not that they don't want to admit, it's that they have trouble I guess, verbalising that, you know, they are trying to take care of soil and, and the environment. So it, it can't, they, I find that those things all kind of really working together. Makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. We need to, to, like, to think about that, like about the environment, mm. to build like a more sustainable agriculture. And this is a good way to, to start this process, to start this. So... So, Meg, I'm just curious, is it the drone supposed to replace other type of um, things that we have in place at the moment, for example? Or is it like an alternative um, way of operating? Yeah, uh, I think drones are part of an overall jigsaw, part of the jigsaw puzzle when it comes to uh, integration of technology and data into into the farm. You know, there's so much great stuff out there, you know, like satellite. You know, where, where we live and, you know, further west, you know, they're covering such enormous amounts of land that satellites really are a really, really powerful way of getting some really good data. Uh, and, you know, and then there's soil water monitors and, you know, there's so much technology out there. I guess it's uh, more about bringing it all in together and being able to sort through the data because, uh, yeah, drones by themselves are just a little part of it. Um, of what they and it's really you know essentially it's not the drone itself I mean I always say I liken a drone to a tractor um, you know the, the tractor is just what gets what's on behind the tractor from A to B you know so with drones it's what's on the drone you know the sensor on the drone is the important part um, so it's all of the technology that, that that is you know that goes on to the drones that's the important thing so yeah they're, they're certainly not the be all and end all of of agricultural innovation, but yeah, they're they're a small part, um, but they all you know, all of those different things play a really large part in in the future of agriculture and you know getting some uh, some big change through. Okay, I think they are very useful when you like when you, you have a field and if you just fly up, like if you just fly on the drone, you can see which plot or which part of your field is affected by a disease or if the if it's not going well if there's like too much drought or if there is something wrong so you can you can literally see which one is the part and you can just resolve the problem and and you can it saves money and saves time and saves a lot of things so it's yeah that's right so one of the things that we're working on at the moment is um, using drones to identify where weeds are in a fallow paddock, so a paddock that has no crop in it, um, and then using that, you know, processing the data through whatever, uh, and then bringing that 
bringing a shape file and putting it into a sprayer. So instead of them having to broadacre, spray an entire paddock with whatever, they can just, you know, do a little bit here and a little bit over there and a little bit down here. And it's, you know, it's a big saving. Hey, yeah, so it comes again back to profitability. It's a big saving in chemical uh, as well as, you know, it works in the sustainability theme as well because, you know, you, yeah, less chemical is can only be a good thing. Um, so, yeah, there's, I think that's a pretty cool use of, of technology, you know, drones, again, being only a small part of it. I think it's a great technology, a great tool to use in agriculture. It would be really good. For example, in the, so we have our cattle in the uh, facility, a university facility where they are being currently monitored. And we were saying how it would be good to have a drone that can just fly <laughs> and count the cattle for us. So that, or, or even like just give us the video back and we will just watch it every day instead of us traveling, trying to find the animals every single day. <laughs> yeah, and it's amazing the te technology that's out there. I mean, um, there's a company called Wild Wildlife Drones. And so obviously, you know, that's where their um, focus has been in the past. Um, so it's what they do. So, you know, how cattle have the NLIS, NLIS tags in their ears. So this drone has a um, RFID scanner underneath it. Oh, wow. So normally when you have an RFID scanner, you know, you're walking around, waving it, trying to find something. But by putting it on a drone, you get that height and they can then count, you know, what's, what's around over a really, really large scale. So, I mean, that's one way of doing your cattle counting. You can put it up and point it in the direction and, and say, oh, yep, all 24 are over there or, you know, not one's missing and it's over in another paddock, you know, he's jumped through a few fences. Um, but then there's also, you know, like in feedlots, you know, with artificial intelligence, you know, they can, and machine learning, they can actually go over and say, take a still photo of a pen and, and count. So every day they can, they can go out and do a count because, you know, when I worked in a feedlot, it would take them, you know, a few days to go through and count all the cattle that are in the pens to do a stock take. But, you know, now with the use of drones and all the other technology that feeds in and uh, with the data, it's, yeah, it's amazing. It can save a lot of time. Awesome. Perfect. Uh, We're just curious at the moment, how does a regular day look like for you? Uh, <laughs> uh, I spend a lot of my time on the phone talking to people, you know, updating web, my website and doing social media and, um, you know, nothing as fabulous as going out and just flying a drone for hours on end because I don't fly commercially per se. Yeah, I, I, I'm more, yeah, in the middle. So, you know, helping farmers choose the right drone. But I also do a, in the past, you know, trying to be a bit of an intermediary between regulatory bodies and agriculture. So making sure that the needs of agriculture are met by, by regulations as, you know, I guess as well as, you know, feeding that information back through to farmers. So, you know, that they understand the regulations about flying drones in general, um, all the way through to making sure they understand um, state uh, licensing requirements if they're wanting to use a spray drone on their on their property. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of different things that I do each day and most of them are pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that <laughs> all sounds no. <laughs> no. So lots I'm of sure. uh, uh, having... I guess the connections, right? People connections and networking. And the yeah, important. Yeah, a lot of it is networking. All right. Um, 
So now on to the, the core questions of our podcast. Um, we're interested in knowing why it's important to highlight women in agriculture. I think it's important to highlight women in agriculture because there's so many women out there doing amazing things and you know we're not probably not always great at sharing our stories you know we just kind of get in do the work and you know at the end of the day we just like to see a result you know we're not about um yeah getting out there and tooting our own horns I guess so yeah it's it's important that there are people out there who want to share the stories and and listen to what people are doing because yeah there some there are women out there doing amazing things yes i and for example we are very focused on highlighting the types of careers that women can have some have started on completely different things and then they ended up doing research in agriculture so for example your story is very very interesting as well because uh, one will think about a about drone. Okay, is only a thing that probably the influencers use to take pictures of very famous installations. <laughs> or nice landscape. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but well, there's a lot of pretty picture stuff out there, but you know, there's so much that can be done um, that's more than just pretty pictures. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I have a question about why do you recommend to a young female to open their own business what what sort of advice would you give to to a young woman that wants to open their own like business and do yeah look I um it's a really good question and it's probably something I've probably not really ever thought of but you know I guess it really it gives you flexibility so I'm a mum of I've got two daughters and you know everything that I do is about you know I have to, you know, go and do school stuff. Like on Wednesday, I have to go and do tuck shop at my daughter's primary school. And, you know, for me, it's it's that flexibility of, you know, I want to be a mum, but I also want to work. So, you know, starting my own business really allows me that freedom to do what works for me. You know, I'm not having to, I guess, answer to somebody else. It's a really bad way of putting it. But, you know, that's essentially what it is. You know, if I need to drop everything and go and do something that's school or you know one of the kids is sick but I can do that you know I don't have to worry about you know well there's always work to be done but I can do it in my own time because it's my own work um but it's also really rewarding you know to to look back you know if I look back where I've come in the last five years it's quite like yeah it's quite different to where <laughs> so, you know life now is quite different to what it was five years ago and you know look back at the things that we've managed to get done as a I guess a wider industry for agriculture it's yeah it's quite cool But is it stressful to have their own business? Do you have like the pressure and a lot of responsibilities or you feel like very stressed about it? Occasionally, like, yeah, there is always that stress um, or that concern that, you know, things aren't going as well as what you'd hoped. But, yeah, I, I find, yeah, it, it's outweighed by, you know, just having that flexibility to, to do what I need to do with everything else that I do. But if you have like any any hard situation that's coming up, you have problems with your what is, with your business or something come up. What what is your technique like you you use to to come like to to be calm and <laughs> relaxed for your kids? Yeah, um, <laughs> don't panic. Ago, yeah, I know. A few years ago, I came up with you know wouldn't uh, you know I'm really stressed. I came up with three words that I use to kind of think you know maybe things aren't as bad as what they seem and that's you know, think of something that brings you peace um 
think of something that brings you joy and something that you can be grateful for. So I find, you know, when I get really, really stressed out about stuff, I just go, look, just stop for a minute. It's not as bad, you know, and just think of three things, you know, peace, joy, gratitude. Um, and that's, you know, I find that if I'm really, if I'm going through a bit of a tough time and I'm really consistent with that, you know, one or two times a day that that's really helped um, just to identify all the good things that are happening, you know, like it's not all bad, that you know, there are good things happening as well. I love that answer. I love that. I never heard about this and I really love that. I think yeah. implemented. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank and look, you. you know, even, yeah, even now, like not that I'm stressed at the moment, but, you know, I, occasionally it'll just pop into my head and yeah it's just good to identify all the good things that happen in life that's awesome thank you thank you for sharing that i have another question what your so you have two daughters two yeah. daughters what do they think about you <laughs> i have to what the things about them? i might have seen one over in the background <laughs> um yeah look i think they probably think that um mum sits at her computer too much if you know they're at home <laughs> and I'm working but you know like I do things like I'm a bit naughty we went I at the end of last year so November last year it was um the world of drones and robotics congress in Brisbane run by my really good friend um Dr Catherine Ball and I pulled them out of school for three days and took them down there might have been two days anyway um I think it was a Thursday Friday and you know I pulled them out of school they're only doing swimming lessons and they already know how to swim I thought it's a really good opportunity for them to get out and see something different that they wouldn't normally do um, because I really try and, yeah, I guess the other thing that I'm quite interested in is getting rural kids um, to access uh, robotics and coding and, you know, all the STEM kind of stuff because... I agree that, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, kids in cities have probably a lot more um, opportunity to undertake, you know, to participate in that stuff if they're so interested, but it's probably harder for rural kids and, you know, in particular rural schools, you know, they, they have great teachers, but they might not have those skills to do STEM. Uh, so that's my next project is to try and get like robotics and coding and drones into rural schools. Um, so I've started up, because I'm insane, uh, another business called Robot Farm which is trying to bridge that gap. So eventually I'd like to be able to provide like curriculum that's already aligned, I guess, with a bit of bent on agriculture, but, you know, with STEM as well into it. So, you know, in all of my spare time, that's what I'm trying to work on is, is that. And, you know, I'm trying to get to, you know, find out how we can get some curriculum developed. Uh, but, yeah, because I think, you know, kids on farms and kids in rural areas Sure. experience life differently to kids in cities and I think you know as the future goes on and you know uh, robotics become more mainstream then you know they can take their, their knowledge of agriculture kind of similar to what I've done and bring it through with their robotics and coding knowledge and really get you know I think that's when we'll get some really big change happening but we need to get those kids yeah we, they need to be able to experience this stuff you know That's really amazing. That's really good. Um, I think it's a fantastic idea and I really like. Like I totally support this idea. And I think it's yeah, because if you just Google it, women in STEM and women coding or women like in robotic or engineer, there are very like very few of them. And I think doing this, we can increase the number of girls and girls to, 
like that could be interested in this thing and and I think it's the future. Are your are your daughters interested in agriculture? Um yeah, a little bit. But yeah, How my old times. If I may uh, so my, our, our eldest is 12 and okay. she's in grade 7, so she's just started high school mm-hmm. and our youngest is she turns 9 tomorrow actually and she's oh, in grade wow. 4. Big girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Almost yeah, they're not babies anymore. Yeah, they're all <laughs> off at school, which is which is good because it you know does allow me time to get stuff done. But yeah, I guess yeah they are interested a bit in ag and also a little bit in technology and stuff like that. It's all of the you know the coding stuff. Um, Georgie's in a my eldest daughter's in a coding club at school, uh, entrepreneurs club they call it. So yeah, once a week they go and do that, and I just try and you know. I think if they don't experience these things and they don't know, you know, never what they want to do that. in the future. So, yeah. So I like think me, you so know, good. until you know, until you get to experience something, you don't know what you, what you like until you experience it. So Exactly. I agree completely. So usually in this podcast, we also talk about bridging the, the gender gap, especially in agriculture. So we sometimes ask speakers to share any story if they ever encounter difficulties in male-dominated environments such as agriculture and how can we help to close the gap? Yeah, look, to be honest, I've probably had a pretty fair run when it comes to equality. Um, I was really lucky growing up, you know, I'm an only child and my dad just, you know, if he was going out fixing stuff, you know, he'd go off and fix an engine, then he'd take me along with him. And I was always involved in that. So it's not like, um, yeah, I was ever held back from that. Um the drone industry can be a little bit funny uh, at times. Um, so, yeah, I guess I, I do work in you know, bridging two very male-dominated industries being agriculture and drones. But, um, yeah, I just, I just I don't let it worry me. And if they, you know, occasionally you'll get someone phone up, say, and they'll say, oh, I just want to talk to somebody about drones. I'm like, yeah, mate, that's me. Yeah. Oh, okay, you're righto. And just I just get on with it you know I, I try not to let them walk over me too much you know at all really um but you know I do acknowledge that the challenges are out there for some um and you know it's all just about you know making sure the conversation keeps happening and we just just have to keep on talking about it I think we are on to the last few questions yeah uh, we ask what advice do you have for young girls and women interested in this area of agriculture and technology? Yeah, look, I think I'll, I would just say, you know, it's really great to be able to combine your two passions. So, if, yeah, for me, that's agriculture and technology. So, yeah, it's I guess once you find out what your passions are, then, then you know, just, just follow them and um, don't be afraid to jump in and, and have a go at things. So always go for whatever, whatever, whatever you're curious about. To take a line off a uh, very well-known shoe brand, just do it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, last question. Real last question. (laughs) (laughs) What advice would you give to your younger self? Uh, Just believe in yourself, you know. Um, Don't let, yeah, don't let your uh, overthinking take over. Just, you know, give things a shot and end of the day it'll be okay excellent <laughs> like that yeah i'm still an overthinker it's terrible but you know you just, <laughs> just gotta ignore it we're all overthinking like <laughs> think much. yeah i think yeah yeah awesome i think that concludes the interview thank you very much yeah.
it's been lovely to talk talking to you and and go for go for it with uh, introducing robotic coding all these tech things in the to the next generation <laughs> yeah um, if anyone yeah. wants to find more about your business where can they find you Yep. Um, so yeah, fly the farm is the drone business. Um, so yeah, website. Um, sorry, social media. You know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm in TikTok now. Um, oh wow! Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then <laughs> that was really daggy. Uh, and then Robot Farm has a website and a Facebook page. So yeah, that's they're the two places you'll you know, or the two businesses, and yeah, you'll find me somewhere. Um, otherwise, just Meg ZK will find me on um, on Twitter and Instagram as well. Awesome. We're gonna link everything in the episode note and in our in our social media. We we just have to Twitter and Instagram. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thank you so much for your ability and to that you had time, like to take the time to do this interview with us, and it was really really nice to meet you and. That's okay. Thank you both for your time. Really appreciate it. And yeah, thanks for thinking of me. No worries. Like, of course. <laughs> You're a strong woman. <laughs> Thank you for joining us in this episode of the Illuminata podcast, where we highlight the story of STEM women in agriculture. Stay tuned for the next episode. Stevenson University Online is a leader in forensic education for law enforcement, legal, and cyber investigations. If you are preparing for career advancement or career change, investigate our online master's programs in forensic science, CSI, forensic accounting, forensic investigations, and cybersecurity and digital forensics. New online sessions start every eight weeks. No application fee or GRE required. Visit stevenson.edu slash online.